0: Welcome once again to the stripped-out audio from our YouTube Retrospective Review Series uh, airing on YouTube weekly. Make sure you search Bored and Annoyed and go over there and subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss the video clips and everything included with these reviews. But uh, yeah, anyway, without further ado, here is the unedited, uncut audio from our video review series on the Nightmare on Elm Street series, this week tackling part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Enjoy. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Retrospective Reviews, which we are now going through Nightmare on Elm Street, and we're on part two. Uh, joined once again with me is Paul from Tales from the Flip Side. How's it going, Paul? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. I, uh, I'm i kind of excited to talk about this movie. Uh, yeah. It's a wacky one, to say the least, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh, It is a relatively controversial movie because of the subtext, which is, um, it's got a gay subtext. We'll just put it right out there.
1: Uh, But yeah, what'd you think of the movie, first
0: off, before we even go into plot?
1: So you're the one, so you had told me that there was a a gay undertone to the movie ahead of time. So I tried to forget that the best I could. Um, My wife and I watched Scream Queens uh, afterward, or Scream Queen, anywho, And she was actually really upset uh, because she didn't feel that the undertones were there and that, but anyway, we'll get into that. But watching it, just the movie itself, all that, all the other stuff aside, I didn't, I thought it was just a badly written movie. Um, And, and that, and that I just, it had some good parts, but overall it was just like, how is this the second film? It's, it's very weird. Like,
0: um, I mean, to kind of go through the plot, it's basically a possession movie. I mean, would you say that's correct? It's not really the same thing at all as the first right. one. So right. essentially, there's a, a new family moves into Nancy's house from the first movie. Um, and uh, the the kid, Jesse, the boy, the final boy, as they would say, um, starts having dreams uh, about Freddie. But this time, Freddy's goal is to possess Jesse to kill people in the real world without having to be in a dream. Is that correct? I mean, is that the plot basically? Yeah, pretty much. He, uh, yep, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, the movie, as far as the gay subtext is concerned, um, uh, people, you know, the the writer has admitted that essentially in this movie Freddy is a representation of the homosexuality within Jesse that he is trying to like keep from coming out. Uh now whether or not that's to be taken as like an offensive thing where Freddy represents evil or that this is just a scary situation for a coming of age gay person to be in, I think is kind of up in the air. I would hope it's the latter, I guess. Um but You know, I mean, I do, real quick to just mention, I used to like this one a lot when I was a kid, and obviously this is before you're ever going to think of anything like that, right? right? Right. Um, I do think Freddie's makeup in this one is the best that it is in any of the movies. I I think he looks nasty in this. Um, But but the movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um it's very hard to tell when people are dreaming or when it's the real world or it, like it, it kind of kills the idea of the first movie.
1: Yeah, the the dreaming and the dream are you dreaming or not is part of the lore that is good though in my opinion because you can kind of pick up on it but then you're not 100% sure. But yeah, the, it I feel like the director, the writer wanted to do this is how i felt i guess I've, maybe i've changed my mind but for, at first i thought they wanted to accomplish something the possession wise and things and it was just poorly executed possibly limited by the what was available to movies and cine- cinematography at the time maybe kind of like yeah I, yeah i would agree with that um some of the jason I, movies were like what is this? right
0: now there are some that being said there are like some really good effects I feel like in this. Like there's yeah. one scene in this um where you know it's kind of one of those deals where you know that if it was done today it would be CG and it would look like crap but mm-hmm. um, but yeah this is the uh, this is the one I'm talking about. Ah! So, yeah, that I think is awesome.
1: Um, I, <laughs> I laugh at that scene because of just, like, it's, I, I don't know why. Just my reaction is to laugh at it because of, like, how terrified. Like, can you imagine, like, this kid, the new kid comes to town. You're kind of buddies with him after you're getting a, t- you get you know, a tiff. He comes to your house when you're sleeping under your leather comforter. and um, <laughs> And then <laughs> this creature just erupts from his body after he tries to tell you. Like, don't go to sleep.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah, that, that scene is funny, too, because to set that scene up, um, he has been freaking out about this, this about Freddie basically, to his girlfriend for, for days at this point. Like, he's kind of going nuts, and she's been really understanding, trying to, you know, tell him everything's okay or whatever. And he finally has, like, the sexual c- sex scene moment with her and like his tongue yeah. comes out on her on her tits and everything and uh and he runs away and goes to his boyfriend's house and he's like I just can't be alone I need to sleep with you tonight um it, it's just very like he's very much the the female character in this. Like, if you look at, like, uh, like as far as a female stereotype, right? The, right. like, hysterical, like, oh, he's going crazy. He's crying. He screams all the time. Um, but, yeah, he goes to his boyfriend's house, basically, you know. And, by the way, I think that, uh, uh, what is his, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Grady, I think, is his friend's name. I yeah. actually think he's pretty understanding with yeah. everything going on with Jesse throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, yeah, I'm. Um, it was a really great scene. I like. I didn't expect to see the eye in his mouth. Yes, Um, that was good. The whole thing was very well done.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, like I said, I feel like there's like a very strange gem of a movie in here. Just as far, like, okay, first off, you see more Freddy. I feel like in this one, um, he's he's a he's scary. Um, he hasn't crossed over into the joking territory um, that you know we we kind of get to later. Now, one thing you brought up last week is that you wanted a scene where <laughs> Freddie arrives and he isn't Freddie, right? Yeah, right. Did you
1: know? Did you notice this? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the opening scene, he was the bus driver.
0: Well, yeah, and that was so funny to me because literally when you said that, I was like, Oh my god, it's the first thing you see. In the I had new no movie. Idea.
1: I had no idea. I was like yeah. just throwing it out
0: there. Now, now, was it exactly as you would have done it yourself? Probably not. No. Um, no, right. Uh, but yeah, so Oh God, what else is there to talk about with this? I mean, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. The movie starts, uh, he's, yeah, like you said, he's the new kid in town. Um, The first scene, we have this scene with him where they're playing baseball and he gets into like a little tussle with his, with his buddy, his new buddy, or, you know, I guess they're not friends yet. Right. But um, the gym teacher in this (laughs) Uh, he has them do, you know, push-ups for the rest of the day. I guess they're allowed to skip every other class that they have <laughs> as long as they're punished into doing push-ups. Uh, but the gym teacher uh ends up being like a uh I mean, he he's a gay character who uh, I acts inappro- I
1: mean acts inappropriately with Jesse, right? I mean, what does he do inappropriate with Jesse though? So if you want to I mean, to skip to that scene, um, I mean, so Jesse has uh, another nightmare, if I remember it right. He just wanders out into town. It, it, that cutscene was weird. He walks out of the front of his house, and all of a sudden, he's in town. Yeah, he he's goes in through. like a seedy, like back alley, like city, like right. area. And he goes into this bar, which is... A unique bar, I guess. I mean, it was it it wasn't necessarily a gay bar. I guess there was a no chick sign, but it looked like just a, you know, an S&M underground, you know, whips and chains kind of place.
0: Rather than talk about it,
1: Assume the position <laughs> yes yeah, so continue 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 uh, you know i, I don't know it's like a rocky horror picture reject bar i mean it, it just didn't it didn't catch me as a gay bar more like just uh he's into some weird german dungeon porn or something like i don't know okay uh, but reading, listening to the documentary that actor said that in the script it was written as a transvestite bar um yeah, which I, and
0: that the bar was actually like
1: a gay bar that they filmed at. The real bar in real yes, life, right. Was and the excuse from the writer was I went there when it was closed, so I didn't see it full of a bunch of guys. So I yes. didn't know. Yes, that was in, that was in the documentary. But I, I mean, to me, that that scene and then how the coach dies are probably the two gayest things in the movie. Other than that, I mean, it's you really have to read into it, like. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, when they get in the fight and his the, his pants get pulled down, you get like a quick moon. I mean, I think that, so I think what it is, and it's hard because we're, it's 2020 and this was, you know, what, 1985. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a totally different time, totally different context. And I think what they were trying to do different, I don't know the other movies of this era, but there wasn't male nudity, wasn't a thing. Like it would just, I think they were trying to break some ground here in it turned out wrong or
0: well the the writer has admitted that the the gay subtext is there um and apparently uh
1: paul must have taken his pants off no, or no i'm still here we get uh, child abduction by my the wife for bedtime oh boy.
0: no but uh but yeah no they've got you know that scene now the the bar itself isn't inappropriate for the bar i mean if the gym teacher wants to freak with those kind of establishments, whatever. Uh, now to run into one of your students there and drag him back to the school, at to him, yeah, one in the morning and make him run laps, um, that's a little odd. Uh, yeah, and he tells him to hit the showers. It's just real. Uh, and then and then yeah, the way that that guy goes goes out brings up another interesting a bit of trivia in the movie. So um, basically, you know, he goes back to the school with that gym teacher. Um, and, uh, the gym teacher makes him run laps. And then all of a sudden all the balls come to life and start flying at the gym teacher. Uh, the gym teacher gets dragged into the shower and he basically gets tied up naked in the bathroom and whipped with a towel. Uh, I don't know who's dreaming here,
1: by the way. I, yeah, I don't, I, the way they play it out, nobody's dreaming. Correct. Um, so... Because yeah. it's a possession movie, you're you know that you're just assuming that this is happening.
0: So, are we assuming Jesse is whipping him with the towel, or are we no. assuming that the, it's just happening?
1: No, I think it's Freddie. Uh, so,
0: so all of the rules have been thrown out, correct? I mean, yeah. okay. Now, there is one interesting part in this scene, though. So. um... There was a, uh, the original actor who's going to play Freddie in part two was not Robert England. They were going to really? replace him. Um, and the first scene they filmed with him uh, was this one right here.
1: Flag for that booty. Ah, uh,
0: well, I I found it on YouTube. So I mean, you know, but um, but no, that first part of that scene is the guy is Freddie, and he just walks like he's like a like yeah. a zombie. And it, yeah, and I walk so the story is that Robert England wanted more money. Um, and basically they filmed that scene, and they caved because <laughs> the moment they filmed that, they knew, uh, yeah, this isn't gonna work. So, and it works kind of in the context of the movie because Jesse is Freddie, right? Like Jesse killed the
1: gym teacher. Yeah. I think it's more of like a fight club before it was fight club. But sure. Yeah. With a little extra sprinkle on there because I, I mean, I get it. You know, it's SM how this whole scene could have been, I, I, they could have done it a little bit different and, and it maybe wouldn't have had as much of an undertone To It, Um, you know, like if, if Freddie was in that, um, the joking uh, phase or whatever, he could have in his Freddie voice been like, um, you know, they could have thrown in a funny joke of why don't you assume the position and like maybe not slap his ass with a towel or something and then killed him or I I don't know. Right. But um, I feel like that's how it is. It is, it is, it's like a fight club possession, weird you know who know what did the gym teacher see? Did the gym teacher see Freddy, or did he that's, see? Uh,
0: that's know. where I, I don't.
1: I, well, that's just
0: it. I think the movie's broken fundamentally because I don't think any of it makes any sense. Because if this isn't a dream, and Jesse killed the gym teacher, why is there blood coming out of the showers unless
1: it just looks cool, right? Well, I mean, I it's. Well, I think it's like the balls flying all over, and in and, and Freddy. I'm sorry, the gym teacher getting dragged as Freddy act you know freddie has these freddie has the powers and and you know right uh, but what does he need
0: what does he need jesse for though the
1: body you're the body
0: oh oh speaking of speaking of by the way We not that is a pretty fucking awesome part. Yeah, like I just think that's badass. Now, um, yeah that that uh, that's one that they bring up in the documentary. And by the way, Scream Queen is the name of the documentary. If anybody wants to check that out, um, it's essentially a documentary about uh, how this guy's life was affected by being in this movie. Yeah. Ruined
1: yes. for, uh, for the first half of his life.
0: Yes. So, um, so yeah, essentially, uh, the, the movie does go into that scene in particular and they kind of, um, they, uh, they, they acknowledge that, uh, you know, Freddie's kind of like caressing his mouth and apparently, um, <laughs> Robert England asked him if he would let him put one of the blades in his mouth in that scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, but um, but yeah, I I really like that scene a lot, and we've got a couple people in the chat. First off, uh, thank you, Solo Wookie, uh, and uh, we will be doing three next week, and a lot of people agree with you. And uh, Titus uh, from uh, from from over the yeah. pond
1: from what yeah, Japan. He's in Japan. Yeah, what what time is it in Japan right now?
0: <sighs> Alexa, Whatever
1: it is, what time is it in Japan right now? In Japan. It's 11.28 a.m. There you go. Uh, Enjoy your lunch, Ken. Ken, I emailed you twice. I don't know. Maybe he didn't get it. Uh, It's a a separate uh, deal we got going on. But I did want to say um, uh, about that scene that Robert England in the documentary didn't, you know, he he didn't take it as a a gay thingy. Like he's moving his hair aside and whatever. He viewed it as like a a Beauty and the Beast thing. Like Robert England. I mean, look at Freddie and he's like you have the body i'm going to get your body like this is freaking amazing your skin is you know you're 18 or however old the character is supposed to be and or 16 17 and, and i don't know maybe i'm just good at taking things for what what they are in front of me versus undertones and all that but um
0: I mean I he admits he admits Robert England admits in the documentary that he knew where they were kind of going with this that they were treading in this water of this homosexual subtext of the movie <laughs> um he he seems to understand the effect that it would have had on Mark Patton more than anybody and I guess the context is important too to bring up that this was like uh Mark Patton was not out um and it was kind of it was during the aids epidemic basically when essentially there was almost like a um oh god what was it called uh when you were on the the like a mccarthyism type thing or whatever where you were on a list if you were gay and nobody wanted to work with you because they were afraid you know and it's horrible obviously um but but basically this guy ended up being essentially blacklisted in hollywood or Or maybe he felt that way, and it made him nervous, so he kind of just left,
1: right? Yeah, my understanding of it was at the time um, they were blood. They give make you when you sign the sign the contract, you had to give a blood test, uh, and that was kind of like a their screening um, for actors. But also, after if I remember from the documentary correctly, his agent saw the movie and said you know, saw the scream because it was a little high pitched and basically said, you know, we're going to have to typecast you because you can't, pl- you can't play straight. Right. And It just, it is just broken because, you know, he had some relationship stuff. Uh, his, his, um, partner at the time, I think was also had AIDS. He yep. found out during filming and it was just this perfect storm and he just lost it understandably. Yeah. So sadly, um, and well, that, and I
0: don't even agree with that agent either. If he didn't scream like, like, there's
1: no reason to me that Mark Patton couldn't play straight. I, yeah, I, I don't mean, think. It, and you know who who's to say that kids at that age wouldn't scream at that pitch? I mean, yeah, especially when Freddy
0: Krueger is on your ass, right. dressing, it's
1: ripping the skin off the top of his head. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, it.
0: I think it works.
1: Yeah, I think it's just you know it was a different time, and it's just sad. I, it, the movie itself, I think, was just bad for what it was script-wise and writing. It just morphed into this, like, social commentary thing, and it just turned into something else, more than a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, in my well, opinion.
0: And and I like the fact that he has embraced that now, you know, yeah, and used yeah. it as, like, a positive thing for his community, right? Um, yeah, I, I sure. really, I do like the guy in the documentary. He has one, one part that really like stood out to me. It was, he's talking about how like, there's people that meet him where like, he's their Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? Like he's like, they literally this movie changed their life from seeing it. It's like an emotional experience for them. Mm. Um, And they meet him and he's like, you know, no matter what kind of mood I'm in, I understand that like I, these people like hold me up on a pedestal and this is the only time they're going to be able to meet me. So, you know, be nice to them to make that experience for them. Um, And I don't know if anybody's ever met uh, celebrities out there when they're kind of a prick it does i mean it bothers yeah.
1: you right like uh yeah. and mean yeah, word spreads spreads fast <laughs>
0: yes exactly uh so i like that now um couple other things i like sorry it's the covid you know <laughs> it's the covid uh, there is uh one of the most iconic scenes i feel like ever um also makes no context in the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, world, but this is the scene I'm talking about. Hey, just calm down, right? Relax. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. Nobody's gonna hurt you. Just tell us what you want, right? Yeah, I, I'm here to help you. Help yourself, fucker! Fucker! <laughs> So I've always just thought that was another one. That's like pretty badass. Um I don't know. I, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense though, because again, it's like the whole, uh, the whole point of the first one, what made it unique was that whole dream angle. And if he's able to just, right. you know, come out and do that, then, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose, but I love the whole, you are all my children now thing.
1: Again, I don't know what sense it makes. It looks badass. Um, I think but. well, it's the you are all my children thing is kind of like a murderer thing of, you know, teachers say these are my kids and things like that. I think it's it goes along that line of Freddy as a murderer saying these are my, my you know, the, the kids I murdered are these are my kids uh, is how I view that. I love his exit. I think the fire through the fence is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like when he looks at the girl, too, and he's got like that Jesse's in there. Right. You know what I mean? That's why I, she I, didn't want her dad to shoot him. Right. I like that too. Um th- there's there's quite a few things I like. Uh before um we kinda end this. The only the, the his laugh, I love his laugh and there's not much of here, but Is that the dad from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? By the way, I I was going to say that actor is familiar. Yeah, yes, I think so. I think it is him. Um, Yeah. So I guess what else regarding this movie uh, is worth discussing? I mean, I know you brought up um, the ending's a little odd, right? I mean,
1: oh, the dogs too. I mean, I remember. I remember before we even started of the series, like you wait till you see the dogs. <laughs> it's like, what is that? What yeah, I, <laughs> again and they exist in the real world. Like
0: I don't think anyone's dreaming.
1: Again. No, I, yeah, it's Pardon me. Um yeah, it's a, it's a broken movie. I think it one. is. I, I like the concept of, I, I think I like the concept. I think it's too early in the series to try and run it as a possession of him no longer being in the dream world. Like you have to have some, some storyline that would, that would be able to bring him back for a possession thing um, to jump inside somebody uh, in, I mean the end when he's like Jesse's in the husk of J uh, of Freddie and, um, You know, is that the possession thing you want to take? Where like once he comes out of you or whatever, you're still in there, but you're just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I I, I like the concept. I think it was just poorly executed, too too early in the series to try and carry it out. And then the whole undertone thing, I I don't know. It feels like okay, we need a sequel. Like,
0: let's write a sequel. Yeah. Well he uh, said
1: it in the documentary. I think he said they were filming in June and they were they were out by Christmas or something or July and and which is really quick in, in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I, I would guess that a, a script was written in probably like two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, and they fast tracked it. Uh, now, you know, I mean it wouldn't be an episode about nightmare on Elm Street part two. Unless we showed this next clip, which is the legendary, uh, well, I'll just
1: play it. (laughs) <laughs> uh
0: now did you do that last night when you before when you you know put your jammies on and you had to close the door i was door? gonna do it right
1: now eh? no you got <laughs> it hey dude yeah. if you did it it would got be a little i mean i ordered one of those little popper things from amazon it's coming tomorrow though so it's,
0: what are those was, is yeah. that like a is that a real thing that still exists what's its purpose is
1: it just a toy i think it's a toy like the you know the rubber ball on the on the tennis racket thing just a noise popper thing but um I even that i didn't see anything gay in that i i guess i'm just oblivious hopefully hopefully no one ever uh tries to hit on me because they i'll be sorely disappointed I mean it's fine I mean, I mean, you're,
0: you're a good looking guy i'm yeah. sure somebody will right. uh no there it, it's uh i mean he has a he has a sign on his door that says no chicks it says no something chicks but it does say no chicks oh, that, i
1: thought that was from the bar i thought the bar had a no no it's on his on it. bedroom door <laughs>
0: And then Maybe he's it's for got, his sister. And then he's got uh his closet has a, a board game or a puzzle named Probe in it. Now, whether or not you know that's just a coincidence, sure. I mean, whatever. Um, and, and again, obviously, like I, I think it's great if that's what the subtext of the movie is. It doesn't bother me at well,
1: all. You know, I mean the long the long story of it is the documentary confirmed that yes, this is what the the writer and director were trying to do is add a, a subtext of not the director
0: not the director he didn't
1: really know like nobody else knew all right all right so you're right then no, i'm wrong so just the just the writer um was trying to do this and he flip-flopped back and forth and and it ruined jesse's acting career because he i think at one point he said in an interview that that it um was jesse's fault that he turned it gay because he was yes. hes actually a gay actor. And that's that's where he – I mean, the, the guy, the actor, literally went to Mexico and, like, went totally off the grid right. from public eye. Yeah, they had
0: to from, find him when they yeah. did uh, Never Sleep Again. It was a documentary about the whole series. And when they were doing part two, they had to find him, obviously. Um, and basically he said, I will do this if you can get me – uh, mm-hmm. sit down with uh, Michael Chaskin, I believe the guy's name is. And, and yeah. it, it, that is the crux of the documentary, right? It's that he's had this essential 30-year grudge mm-hmm. over this guy who wrote this movie and then denied that there was gay subtext in it. right? Um, and basically said, no, the yeah, the actor's just so gay that it came out that way, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is not the case. Now, uh, a lot of people kind of talk to, to Mark Patton and say, you know, hey, dude, it's time to let this go. You know, and he I, really can't let it go. Uh, now, what do you think of that? Do you think he's making a big deal out of it, or do you think he's
1: I righteously they were, upset? Like, I thought the writer was kind of a kind of a dick to him in that scene. I mean, it's all in how it's filmed, but he's kind of he's kind of blowing it off. Like, you know, your concerns are not, you know, are have no basis, and blah blah blah. Basically, just you know, let it go, shut up, and go home. And he stuck to his guns. I mean, Mark Patton, I'll give it to him on that one, even when he met with um the, the writer. The writer, yeah. The writer yeah. tried to ski around it a little bit at first. And then, you know, he got his closure. It's really sad that it took so long. But I, I really, you know, I give him all the props I can for turning his, his you know, his, his torture into this, into a purpose for what he's doing for for the gay community now. And he even said, I even mean, you type in Mark Patton gay now on on the internet, it comes up in a positive light where it used to just be, everybody's calling me a faggot. And then, and, and it just, he couldn't,
0: isn't that fucking gross? Like the idea that that's, I mean, internet trolls are just the worst. And the idea that that's how people get their rocks off is to be mean as
1: fuck to somebody like that is. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, it, and honestly, it was just, the writing was bad. I mean, he even said in the documentary, like no one told me not to scream like that. No one right. said it was bad. I'm an actor. I'm doing what I'm told. Tell me yeah. to do it differently. If you, you know, Hey, scream a little lower. I don't, you know, but. Yeah. Which
0: would have been, st- the scream is good. I think like it's a solid scream. I actually, I actually think he's, uh, he's pretty good in the movie. Like, yeah, I don't that, think yeah. he's a bad actor whatsoever in the movie. As far as selling that role. I actually like, I like the performance of him. I like the performance of the dad. I think the dad is good as kind of the conservative asshole, like yeah. stuck up father.
1: Um and yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the dad, he he uh you know, he knows that there was a murder in the house beforehand. And he's like, Well, how you know when it comes out, he's like, Well, how'd you get how do you think we got this house or such a great deal, yeah. honey? And yeah. then and then the birds, the birds, uh the whole bird scene was oh, he
0: he oh, it was a cherry bomb you used a goddamn cherry bomb yeah,
1: yeah. like 99 yeah. degrees in the living room jeez right
0: uh but yeah that uh that is nightmare on elm street 2 Freddy's revenge uh part 2 of our series here um I, what's your grade on this do you have a grade for it
1: and it's so mixed with the you know with the documentary rolled in um you know i, I do think it was a a, a Bad movie. I just there's so much rolled into it with social commentary and what it did behind the scenes. If I just block it all off as a movie itself, as a Freddy movie, I think it's it's bad. It's like a C minus. I mean the the effects and things got it going. You know have has the effects and things going for it, but yeah, it's not good. It's not good. No,
0: it's not good. Unfortunately, um, now uh, our kill count. Freddy, So far, we've got four in the first movie. Uh, this one, if you count the party guests, I I'm not going to scroll down farther to find out if I'm right <laughs> or not. But I want to say this might be his highest kill count in the series. So he is not as prevalent or proficient of a killer, I don't think, as uh, our last bad guy was. Right, right. No, this one right. has eleven. Huh. Um. And that's counting the ending, which this one again has a stinger ending where yeah. um essentially this time they get on the bus again and Freddie takes them out into like the desert laughing or something. Um kind of ruins the movie again. Doesn't yeah. make much sense. Uh don't know who's dreaming, who's not, whatever, but but yeah, that is the movie, and uh, Paul, uh, we'll be back next week for part three. Now, my opinion is, Paul, that you should be really excited
1: for part three. <laughs> I don't know what to think. I, total, blank say, total blank slate. Total blank slate. Don't tell me anything, and and we'll see what happens.
0: Yes, I think you're going to highly enjoy part three. Part three is fucking great. The only thing um, I know
1: is you said they quickly forget number 2 exists. Yes. Oh, number
0: 2 is we can just file part 2 away into this weird corner of the room um and yeah so did the uh so did the the writers and directors of all of the subsequent movies. So uh again Paul tell uh, tell everybody where they can find you. I know I didn't even start with that so not again uh,
1: do it. No, you're fine, you're fine. Um you guys can find me on the Tales from the Flipside YouTube channel. Um, Monday Nights is the main show where uh, – the only show where I try to – where I can be on. Um, but uh, I try to be there as often as I can. And then also, I uh, with Jackson and Michael, we do a movie review podcast every weekend. And what's coming up next weekend? Or
0: so I think the plan morning. is Halloween night uh, mm. on my channel. So right here we will be watching Event Horizon. Saturday? On Saturday, I think. Mm. I think. I. I don't know. Well, we're not going to be watching it on the show, but, right, um, right? But I think right. the plan was to record on Halloween, but I'm not sure if that's going to fall through or not. So, well,
1: so follow, uh, follow Borden uh, Annoyed. yes. Uh, follow, um, uh, downright nerdy podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to, bo- to both channels, and you'll get a you'll get a ding when we go live. And follow. You know, check us out on Instagram as well. We throw out stories and try and keep the audience informed of when we're going to entertain you next.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And I've, I'm uh, Jackson with just annoyed and you can stay right here on the board annoyed channel. Uh, check out all the archive stuff here. Uh, the first episode of this series, as well as all the Jason reviews are still up. So, um, thank you for taking a listen. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties at the beginning of the video. Um, assuming I can't get that removed somehow, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks. And, uh, join us next week, hopefully Wednesday night. I don't know. It depends on schedules for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors.